Hi everyone and welcome back to Whom It May Concerns Hood Professionals. I am your host AP and I am so happy to have you all back with me. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from the previous episode where we talked about unemployment and the exposing that is done. I'm really happy that you all took well to it and that you're able to have conversations about it. Thanks for reaching out to me. So I've gotten phone calls, I've gotten texts, I've been inboxed. So it's great. It's great. And I'm, I'm glad to see that you all are enjoying the conversation, enjoying how the podcast is growing and elevating in conversation. And I also so appreciate your support with listenership and also sharing and telling others about it. So I just want to make sure that I tell you, you are appreciated and your support does not go unnoticed. Um, This episode is going to be focused on support in the workplace. This particular topic came to me because um, a lot of people talk about support, but I'm not quite sure people um, are able to differentiate the types of support that they need when it comes to a professional workplace environment. I pulled some, um, some ideas and some information from about two places, University of Pennsylvania's website, and also there is a recruiting agency out of South Africa called Professional Sourcing that gave some amazing pointers on workplace support. So UPenn gave four constructs of what social support looks like. And so we have emotional support, which is expressions of empathy, love, trust, and caring. Um, Instrumental, which is tangible aid and service. Informational, which is advice, suggestions and information and then appraisal um, information that is useful for self-evaluation. Coming into a workplace environment, I think is important for an employer. um, And by employer, I mean persons in place when it comes to administrative or authoritative um, powers or say powers or to the the how the the ability to do so i don't want to say the how to but the ability to do so the ability to make things work things happen and to make things change or facilitate change i think what is important for um employers to know is that there is going to be a makeup of different personalities work styles, and even comprehension levels when it comes to your team. So when you are constructing this team and putting this team together, it is important as a manager and as a business owner to know that you are going to have a patience patience level like um, no other. I think a lot of times, for whatever reason, we tend to put on the back burner that these are still people. When, when it comes to a working environment, it's like all of a sudden, all of your human attributes and who you are are supposed to somehow dissipate 
or fade into this abyss once you come into the workplace. Like somehow who you are and in your life somehow ends the moment you walk into those doors or the moment you clock in if you're working remotely. However it is, it's like some kind of way your whole life no longer exists while you were on this clock. And I'm trying to understand where does this mindset come from? Where does this exist? And why, and, and, and no matter where did it come from, why are we still trying to implement this type of mindset in a 2021 workplace environment? I mean, it just doesn't happen, especially when you have so many generational um, ages or generational or generations represented within a workplace. It may be a little different depending on the on the types of fields that or industries persons are in um, because I, I, I would like to think, and I could be totally wrong because I don't necessarily work in the tech field, but I kind of feel like a tech field would probably be a, a little bit different um, as far as like, um, not having a, a vast generational uh, representation within those type of workplaces. Um, it, I think for those, it might be more so about gender representation, but I could be wrong, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but what, what it is I want to say is that I just don't understand why we're still trying to implement that type of a mindset in today's workforce. Um, moving along, we are talking about ways employee support can be given. And employee support means giving the people who work for you or work for your business the right tools to get the job done. And I would like to think that that isn't that the whole purpose of employing someone is that you want you have a need and you need someone who is equipped to meet that need and 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 they they may be equipped with the fundamentals but to complete your particular job you're going to train and give them the proper tools that they need to complete the task that you specifically have for your business and I know this might seem a little redundant but I'm saying this because all too often you have businesses that exist but they're not properly equipping their employees with the tools, with the resources, with the equipment, with the know-how or the instruction to properly um, give them the results they're looking for. You're looking for a particular result, but at the same time, you're not giving a blueprint or you're not giving people the tools they need to give you the result that you're asking for. And so then it just becomes this cycle of redundancy and um, people not feeling satisfied or, or feeling undervalued or misused or not feeling like um, their skill set is being recognized or they're be, um, or they're being properly rewarded for the work that they are doing and the effort they are putting forward. So for this this particular episode might be more so for, my employers out there or my managers out there or those superiors out there 
who are not so narrow-minded that they that they aren't open to some constructive and it's not necessarily criticism but to but just to correction because you can have the best intentions but sometimes your intention isn't good enough if it's if it's poorly executed and you and you're not yielding the results that that is needed to not only get the job done but also have your superiors see you as being competent within your position or competent enough to lead a you know a lead a particular team or the team that you are in charge of managing or supervising so with that being said i hope that the duration of this episode will help someone or allow you to help someone who may need a little bit of direction in this area. Okay, here we go. So when employees have everything they need to perform, their job satisfaction levels increase dramatically. Have you ever met someone who freaking loved their job? These people do exist. These people, I I know they are this rare phenomenon, but these people do exist. And usually when you look at these persons, they are people who have a multitude of resources that they deem valuable and important to them to be a productive worker, be it salary, be it benefits, be it workplace environment, be it equipment, be it tools, be it support, Whatever the case may be, whatever their strengths are, they or their needs are, are where their values are placed, it's usually met within that construct of their job. So employee support strategies. Here's the meat. Here's the meat. Get your plate out, put your napkin up. Dinner is served. So take note of employee motivations right? Really? And, and, and I feel like the only way for you to really take note of employee motivations is for you to have meaningful conversations with your employees. You can't possibly gauge, you can't possibly, possibly be knowledgeable of what someone's motivations are without engaging with them you can only observe but so much right i know people like saying well i like to observe i too like to observe but at some point you gotta get in the game you can only you you can observe enough to know how to approach someone you understand where i'm coming from so observation comes in you being able to navigate or plan or construct your approach okay when it comes to this, that's that's as far as the observation phase is going to get you. You being able to come up with a way to construct your approach to certain people because you can't you can't necessarily approach everyone the same. So you want to be able to construct how you want to approach, especially if you are someone who can be a little bit abrasive or who can be a little bit awkward or who can be a or someone who dreads small talk small talk is your friend when you're trying to um, engage employees especially if there has been a relationship 
or precedent where you where you as a superior or a manager or supervisor I'm, I'm, I'm saying all those words because I don't necessarily like the term superior it's just it comes off a little bit elitist to me but that's neither here nor there um, back to what I was saying, you definitely you know small talk can help, especially if you have been deemed as someone around the office who you're not the most approachable or the most talkative or the most um, engaging manager. So again, your observation phase is really your time to be able to figure out how to approach your employees. Um, acknowledgement that employees need not want but need moral and mental support from their managers and company owners don't I mean I think sometimes in manager positions we can feel like well that's not what I need I, I, I don't need the support and I get that you may not need that but you can't superimpose your your motivations on someone else right they aren't you and you aren't them so again the only way for you to find out what their motivations are is for you to be engaging i don't feel like you need to become anybody's best friend and we're and we're going to talk about how how you make that 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 clear um, um engagement piece in a moment but I think sometimes we think the social the social support constructs that we spoke about earlier with um, emotional, instrumental, inform informational, and appraisal. I think sometimes we we see support as like someone coddling or someone you know being emotional, being able to come in and just tell us about what's going on in their lives. That's not what I'm saying, but you may have some people who are some oversharers on your team. And I totally think there is a way for you to handle that matter, which is also another reason why I think it's important for jobs to have um, on-staff mentors. Everybody think thinks it's, it's, it's a wasteful position and, until it's needed, and then what, right? Okay, so... Acknowledgement that employees need moral and mental support. Mental health has definitely become more prevalent, more acceptable um, in these past, I want to say these past five, five years, honestly. It's not, um, what is the word I want to say? It's a fancy little word. But anyway, it's 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 not uncommon that's not the word i want to use but let's just be clear it's not uncommon for people to cite mental health reasons for um absenteeism at work it's not uncommon um and 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 for me mental mental health is just in the same realm of like burnout because burnout is real and again we have conditioned ourselves to believe that once we come into a workplace environment our lives and who we are and what we have going on magically disappear. I do get that you have some people who use their work as a means of getting away from what's happening, excuse me, what's happening at home outside of work. Granted, I get that. But still, here's the thing, it's still happening. 
So even if you come to work to get away from what's going on outside of work, it's it's still seeping in and it's and it's still it's still affecting how you're showing up. So even if you're coming into work to be more sociable, are you using this time to be more sociable? Are you being as productive as you could possibly be? Are you using this as a way? Do you find yourself lashing out at others or being a little bit more short-tempered or being very just like laser focused that you're missing out on what's going on around you at the workplace? So there, you know what I mean? There's, There's a pendulum swing to every side of this. So the question then becomes, which is a great question, what is your company doing to promote a better setup for its employees? Mm. And here are some noteworthy strategies. Number one, keep employees in the loop. I cannot stress how vital and important it is to keep employees in the loop and how much, how much a a sense of um, inclusion it gives to employees, especially when no matter whether you're entry level, mid level, or senior level, everyone knows the same information when it comes to what's next, what's current. It 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 evens and levels out the playing field as far as having knowledge of job security and just being knowledgeable of what is going on in the company. It is vital when everyone feels like they are included in information being dispensed in the workplace environment for everyone to be included in the loop. It is a vital tool that I truly feel like all managers and business owners should utilize. Of course, confidential information is confidential information, but when it's whether it's good news or or it may not always be the best of news it's important to include because you never know at what level you may have an employee out there who could help you turn a bad situation around to a good one so never you know I mean sometimes leave everyone out of what's actually going on because you never know who could step in and save the day Next, be clear on job responsibilities and accountability. Let people know what their what their job is. And if it's going to include more than that job description, have that information handy for them. Yes, I know things happen, change happens, but you know what's going on more than anybody else. I would hope that you do being in, in a, a managerial position. I would hope that you are plugged in and you know the ins and outs of of your particular team or department that that you're handling, that you're managing. When someone feels well-equipped with knowing what it is they're supposed to do, they can then approach their job in the manner it needs to be approached. I am now knowledgeable of what my job responsibilities are and what my accountabilities are. So therefore I can now move within the boundaries of my job description. 
I know what lane I need to stay in, but I also know what whose lanes cross and you know cross with the cross intersections or cross intercedes with mine. I know these things, so therefore I can work better. I can I can know how to build my network within the workplace of who I need to engage with concerning different projects or different assignments, whatever your, your, your job or position may be. So having a clear understanding of job responsibilities and, and accountability is a strategy to promote a better setup for employees. Next, give productive and challenging work. Who has had the misfortune of being given busy work or being given work to you that has absolutely nothing to do with what you're there for? How does, how did it make you feel? Especially when you're given something that is so ridiculous and so, so insignificant that you're having to stretch this little bit of work for an eight hour day or however long that you need to work. And you're knowing in your mind that your manager has to know that this is not going to take that long. And so you're starting to feel like, well, what am I doing? How how is all of the experience that I have and and the education that I have and the context that I have, why am I wasting my time being here when I could be somewhere really being engaged and really being challenged and really being being useful to a situation than being here and, and doing, you know, the spur of the moment projects that really have no bearing on my job job description, job responsibility, or accountability. So the more that you actually match the work to the experience level of that particular employee, the better off that that you are because you're going to get the best from them because you're giving them something that they can flex their skill set with. So give productive and challenging work. Next, provide the correct tools and equipment for the job. Let me tap the, the mic right quick. Provide the correct tools and equipment for the job. I cannot stress this enough. There is nothing more frustrating than going into a workplace environment and you have to make it happen on your own. You have to utilize all of your own resources in order to get the job done. Now, I've worked with nonprofit. I've worked with some startup organizations. I get that. But when you are an established organization and you've been around for some for years, I just don't understand why you would not have the things that you need, especially if you're boasting about these things on your website and the interviews and then people get in and it's a scam. Okay. It's, it's like somebody's on a bicycle powering the, the, the electricity to run the office. That type of thing. 
it causes more stress on that person when they feel like, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much starting from scratch here. There's nothing here. There's no precedent. There's no, even something as, as, as simple as just having proper foul work where someone can easily go and, and, and pull what they need to, to start something. You don't even have like a complete and accurate foul work from, for someone to pull from. Those type of things, something as simple as that. And, and not even necessarily always, it happened to be about like some type of electronical equipment, which that is also very important because we're in 2021. Hello, technology is important. It is essential to a lot of the work that we do. So I like when there are options when it comes to tools and equipments with a with an organization whether you have the option to use your own personal laptop or printer or you know things of that nature or it is provided there should be an option there i don't like when you have to go in everything is on you as an employee it's kind of like okay especially when someone is not wanting to pay at a certain level, but at the same time, you're having to use a lot of your own personal things. Like, come on, people, let's make the trade-off somewhere. Are you gonna, are you gonna provide the tools and equipment? Or are you gonna provide the money? Make a decision, okay, and make it quick. Next, establish effective communication systems. One of my favorite questions to ask in interviews are. What is the protocol for communication? Because it's important. I never want to step on someone's toes. I never want to go over someone in the chain of command. That is an easy way to um, earn enemies in the workplace. It is a quick way. Foolproof way to earn you some good old enemies in the workplace is to go over someone's head and talk about something that should have that should have went through that particular channel first. So you establishing those those channels of communications and letting it be known and you as managers following that chain of command which is very important because sometimes I know people build relationships with, you know, me with others, no matter where they are, but it's important that you follow the chain of command. So what if you're friends with this person over here, when that person uh, needs something and they come to you and they haven't spoken to their direct uh, manager first, you, excuse me, you need to turn them around and point them in the right direction. Be like, Hey, I understand you and I are cool and we get along. However, there is a chain of command and we just want to make sure that everyone's position is respected. And I don't think that's a bad thing with you, with you self, especially if you're friends, you should, whether in the workplace or not, you should be able to, to correct them. And it's not that you, that you're trying to be rude, but it's important to, to establish a, a level of, of unity and to have a certain level of peace in the workplace environment because no matter again people are coming to every day they're coming to work people have their own reasoning of coming in how they come in 
So the last place, even if it's hell at home and out there, the last place we want them to come in and have hell at is definitely at work, right? So definitely establish those levels of communication. Next, encourage and reward initiative and creativity. Self-explanatory. Stop pacifying people with pizza parties. We are not in elementary school. When I bring in a big sale, when I bring in a big partnership, when I get you to see the table that you've been trying to get to see the table for years, do not give me a pizza party. Do not stand in a staff meeting and 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 you want to give me a hand clap. No, 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 no. The reward should match the effort. Simple as that. Simple as that. Because if you can't provide it, you, you overlook them enough or or you do those pizza parties enough, I'm telling you this, they are slow, they are not even slowly, they are surely documenting all of those things that, that they are doing and job hunting. You don't have too much longer, honey. And by the time you realize that they are job hunting to go elsewhere and you about to lose what they've helped to build for you, you're going to have to come correct. And you're going to have to come strong. And I just hope your pockets are deep enough for those things to happen. So encourage and reward initiative and creativity. The reward should match the effort. Lastly, consider work flexibility. It is not going to kill you to let people work from home. It is not going to kill you to allow people some flexibility in their work schedule. Everybody doesn't need to come in office at the same time. You don't necessarily need to see everybody's faces every day, especially your employees who perform every single day. They don't need to be micromanaged. That is, again, that is another way of reward. That is another way to reward them. Sometimes something as simple as saying, you know what, every every third Monday and Friday of the month, we're going to work from home. Or however you want to do it, give people that flexibility. When I tell you I will take flexibility over the 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 absence of something else that I find of value to me because I value flexibility that that much. I value flexibility that much that I will I will accept that in in absence of, of something else that I value because I hold it in such a high regard. It is important to me to know that my employer understands that I am a human being and I have a life outside of this place and my life doesn't always operate on a nine to five or whatever that work schedule is things happen and sometimes I don't always need to take PTO to get things done I would like to be able to work from home where I can still get things done and you know you can still reach me because you know I do my job and I do my job well you are not trying to dock me from going grocery shopping, but I'm still on the clock and I'm still answering calls and I'm still present. I can multitask. That's to me, that's multitasking. That is multitasking. 
that is why people show up for employers who understand these things on this list. Don't find yourself so rigid that you're missing out on the bigger picture of providing job satisfaction for your employees. Job satisfaction yields great results, not only for the employee, but for the company as well. Because it not only contributes to higher job satisfaction, but it adds less absenteeism. Think about all, and we talked about this in the last episode, think about all these places that are having such a hard time getting people to come in to work. And if some of these jobs are honest with themselves, be honest, if some of these jobs are being honest with themselves, they were crappy employers. They didn't reward. They didn't have effective communication systems. They didn't communicate job description and accountability. They didn't keep their employees in the loop. They didn't provide the correct tools and equipment for the job. They didn't encourage effective communication systems and they didn't consider flexibility. It was their way or no way. These are real strategies that could save you money in the end. Remember, in, like, and in, in the first episode, we talked about toxicity in the workplace and how roughly it it costs people up to like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars per employee. With when, when when you have chaos and confusion in the workplace, it's it's costly. And if you think it's not costly, look at all these people who who have to close down extra days out of the week because they don't have the manpower to operate at a full capacity. These are things that people deem unimportant until it's too late. And what I'm saying to you as as a manager, as, as a business owner, don't let it be too late. Don't let it get to a point where somebody has to force your hand in order for you to get the things that you need. Cut it off. Cut it off right right, right, while you have the opportunity to. to. Do right by your employees. And when you know that you're doing your best and and the people that you have in place are not yielding the results that they should, then, then you are well within your rights to cut them off. And guess what? Because you have the proper strategies in place, you are going to garner the appropriate staff you need to yield your results. I hope that this has been a conversation that has been helpful. I hope that you are you are able to take something away from this conversation and implement it into your workplace environment and my hope is that you won't be so rigid in your way of thinking that you can't learn something new again I think I thank you for your listenership I do not take it lightly 
I do my best to remain consistent with you all and to bring content that is relevant to our lives and to our workplace environments. Because for me, no matter where you work, it's all essential. Thank you so much. Continue to look for our live broadcasts on Facebook under Audrey Prim, where I have a series called The Art of Hustling, where we talk with different persons who are working nine to five and also venturing over into entrepreneurship and those who have successfully transitioned from the nine to five into full-time entrepreneurship business ownership. Also, check us out on Instagram at T-W-I-M-C underscore hood professionals. Um, Follow us, interact with us, do whatever you like, just be respectful. And as always, I pray that whatever it is that you are seeking to manifest, that it is affirmed and that it is yours. Simply believe and go get it. Till next time.